This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, everybody knows, you know, look, I mean, wherever the state is, we're going to, guys, we stick to the script. We got a plan here. Maybe some question the plan in Berea, but for Locked On Browns, we got a plan. We know what we're doing week in, week out, day in, day out. You got your post-game show. We're going to sit down here. Through uh, PFF night, you're going to get your Twitter Tuesday, the normal bagger routine here. You know, maybe that keeps things in line around these parts, at least. So, John Costco from PFF, Jeff Lloyd, your local experts on the biggest stories, Cleveland Brown wise, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. John, it's definitely a mixed bag of nuts where to go with this one today, but I mean... I've tried, John, and I've tried to advocate. I don't want more change. I don't think constant change is the answer. But when you get some comments today like we got, and whoever you choose to believe, you know, who reported on yesterday, it's not good. And here's the other thing is, look, this was – this whole situation was highly flammable. The question was going to be, would success keep the flame – from starting um, now that look, and don't tell me there's a 0.09% chance. And it involves beating Baltimore the way they're playing right now, that there's a playoff run. The issue is how I, I can't even find a reason to continue with the head coach in charge. I mean, the only reason to, to continue would be just to, to continue for continuity's sake. That's the only reason I can see right now. You know, you go into the season and, you know, there's obviously been reports the past month of, oh, we never expected to compete this year and, and blah, blah, blah. And that's just, I think, the organization trying to save save face or something like that because the you don't make moves like trading for, you know, OBJ and, um, you know, trading for, you know, Olivier Vernon and stuff like that if you don't think that you can compete right now uh, for – a Super Bowl, like they, they, you know, they sh- thought that they were going to be making the playoffs. So, you know, anything short of of being able to make the playoffs, and especially the way it looked, like I, I get, like if you miss the playoffs, but it, you know, you have a, a very competitive team that is clicking on, you know, on offense, and you know, maybe lost some close games because of some fluke plays and whatnot. You know, that's one thing, but to get like to lose the games that they've lost in the way that they have. I mean, it's a, it's a, I mean, just go back to week one, right? Like you completely undisciplined play, you get blown out at home and pretty much like the biggest home opener since the, you know, 99, when the team came back, essentially that's what that was. And it, and it, my son, Merry Christmas, young Costco. Yes. Um, And they they came out like that, and I think that's a is an indicate you know it's indicative of what to come in the season undisciplined play, uh, lack of execution, uh, and just everything that's went wrong right. And now you've got all these players and all these reports and whatnot, and you can choose what to believe. And um, but still, like that wouldn't come out like it wouldn't come out if if things were fine in the locker room. So clearly things aren't and. It's going to be another season of change, and who knows how much change it will be. And, uh, you know, it could be head coach, and it could be even more. Like, 
GM. So we'll see. Well, and that's the issue you have. And is in, you know, there's the question of, you know, who put the man in place. Um, and then there's the question of, oh, well, we see things like gaping liabilities on the offensive line. You know, we see gaping liabilities here. And all of a sudden, your depth at defensive line is gone. Uh, and this is, it, it's, it, to say it's just Freddie isn't fair by any means whatsoever, because God knows Freddie had nothing to do to assemble this roster and probably even to who's playing or actually dressing on Sundays. So that's, it's just rough, but it, it's making it really hard to think that you're going to be able to do this again uh, and you're not going to get the same results. Uh, you know, the old definition of insan- insanity is, you know, repeating the same thing over and over and over again. With Firing that, a whole staff and stuff like that is repeating insanity as well. It's like yes. an endless actually, cycle. Yes. And the thing is, is there are some quality parts here as far as assistance that may look attractive to potential candidates. I mean, for the first time, the Browns play decent special teams. That's got an appeal to it. And let's be honest, Mike Prefer may not be everybody's flavor. So uh, we'll see how it all plays out. But uh, look, it sucks to have it. But, you know, you swing and miss like they did. The worst thing to do is to just run it back. Like you said, you know, continuing for the sake of continuing it. Uh, Offensively, John, this offensive line, this is we're looking here to close some of these holes. Wyatt Taylor, look, the. The shovel play, which it always works with any time. I think it was the first time this has never worked. So that's where everybody, oh, 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 yeah. But everybody loved it last year against Carolina. Everybody loved the way they used it in the Raven game this year. This time it didn't work. Um, Wyatt Teller, bad rep. Kendall Lamb, let's go. What we got? Yeah, offensive line was, um, I mean, yeah, that was a bad play, right? But on the whole, the offensive line played well in this game. Um, Wyatt Teller, was bad in this game. I'll, I'll get that out of the way. He was actually, you know, his fastball grade of, of 39.4 was, was really bad. He gave up a hit and, and uh, three hurries and was beat, you know, obviously beat on the, the, that screen block, you know, for the shovel play. Uh, but, you know, JC Treader was excellent again. Joel Petonio was, was excellent again. They each gave up a hurry. Um, Greg Robinson was, was good. And, and Kendall Lamb was, was solid as well. So um, I think that's a, you know, it's an encouraging part of the, I guess. So, like, you know, but the thing is, like, you know that JC and, and Batonio are going to be back. And I think seeing Lamb and Teller play, well, why Teller's, I think, is an up-in-the-air type thing. But at least, you know, he's shown some flashes. But Lamb has shown some good play. His his, his run blockade, surprisingly, was a 77.7 yesterday, which um, is a, he's not definitely not known for his run blocking. He no. did only give up one hurry, so that, that that's promising when you have play like that from your offensive line. Um, two weeks in a row now, you know, last week they were excellent. Obviously, they're going against two of the worst defenses in the NFL, so you expect them to play well uh, against that type of competition, and and they did. So uh, good positive signs maybe going into next year. You know, they, they definitely need to uh, look, I think, to continue to improve that unit, um, especially at left tackle. I think that's the most important part. They need to they need to fix that um, to get a, just to get a more consistent guy in there. Because whoever you know, B- Baker Mayfield, you know, he he definitely needs a top tier line play to to play well. And even when he does get it this year, at least it hasn't been great, except for you know a few occasions. Yeah, because that's something I'm hearing. You know, yesterday during the game, oh well, Baker's got to run more. No. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the answer. Did, you did anybody did anybody look at that play where he tried scrambling for it and this got like like it looked like he had like oh, five yards side. Like yeah, he got the one late in the game, but the one where he got lambasted, and I think the official was like, "I'm just going to give you this because you got killed on this." Because I think his knee was even down before he got it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he got it or not. I didn't look closely enough at it. All I, re- all I know is that he looked like he was moving in uh, like sand trying to make that first down. Like I thought it looked like he was clearly there. And then it was like contested, like a contested first down. And it was like, that that shouldn't have happened. He should have had it like easily. It looked like Tom Brady moving out there. And that's all well, bad. Th- it I think the thing is, I think I think it's deceiving. I think because he's so small, and I don't know to say so small for God's sakes, he's bigger than I am. But um, I, I think it looks like it's quicker than it is because he's small. No, he, he's not very fast. And this is Baker says it to you. I, I am not these guys. I, you know, and you see, they're not going to do things the Cardinals do. They're not going to do things the Ravens do. But the thing is, is that like he he like ran a faster forty than like Sam Darnold and and like a number of. It's not like he was slow. It's not he was not slow in college. He was not slow at the combine. His numbers were solid. It's not like he was unathletic. And he looked like that. He's looked like that now, trying to run around and scramble this year. He like he doesn't move around as well as he did last year. That's another thing. Like him coming into the season overweight. Everybody looked at him and saw it that he was over, like he looked like he was fifteen pounds overweight. You know, and he, he people were kind of chalking it up to like putting on muscle to absorb hits and stuff like that. Like that affected his game, you know. And so you, like, he just uh, he's because he, he wasn't. I mean, he was not slow last year. He wasn't not slow last year. He wasn't slow in college. He looked slow this year. It's another you know check mark into the things that went wrong for this season. I mean, it could be a million factors. It could be the fact that he had such a great rookie year and the demands that come on you in the offseason. And, you know, there's banquets to go to and there's things to go to. The whole getting married. Um, there's the there's the aspect of, you know, just having it's too all, much. It's all like just stupid excuses, in my opinion. Like, yeah, but and there is. But I mean, they're all they there are stupid excuses. There are no doubt about it. But it's, you know, a number one, dude, the most important thing in how many players preach it, the most important you know, my body is my temple. This is how I make my money. So that should always be first and foremost. Uh, Mrs. Mayfield, may I suggest maybe some more salads with some cut up chicken in them and, you know, no more party. Let's go. Because uh, obviously whatever whatever last offseason plan it was, let's go with a 180 on that one. Yes. Maybe a little more, you know, I'm thinking more Rocky three. you know, lean and mean, you know, we're going to have to, you know, we have to beat him with quickness, that type of thing. John, Nick Chubb. there's just not enough superlatives for the player. Uh, There's not enough superlatives for the man. Um, He's the type of guy, he's a coach. I mean, he's a coach's dream. You want 53 of these guys. Granted, you're not going to get 53 of them as talented as he is. But there's this underlining from everybody. Oh, you know, like it's, like it's the 1980s where we're going to give Nick Chubb the ball 32 times a game. He's not even 24 yet, and everybody wants to run him in the ground. This was never supposed to be the identity of this team. You knew you had a good player in Nick Chubb. You knew he would be a thousand yard, but ideally Nick Chubb would have been a 1200 yard back. And this team was throwing for 4,500 yards through the air. I think that's so, so everybody just kind of like wants to rewrite the wrong and rewrite the narrative of what the team is just because Nick became really good. Well, so like Nick was awesome last year and, 
he's awesome again this year. He's a, he was our top graded running back last year. He's a top running graded running back this year. Um, you know, and in, in this game, you but you, you can't saw just it. You run the ball in 2019, right? So like like in in the NFL, you you don't win running the football. So like his his ability is like to salt games away when you take a lead by passing it. Um, rarely will you be able to win games just solely on on the ground, especially if your your defense is giving up you know thirty eight points in a game. You're you're if you're relying on your running game to try to win you games, but your defense is giving up that many points, you're not going to win any games. Uh, you have to be able to pass the ball. And so when when fans and media like, so why don't you run it more? Why don't you run it more? It's like, well, that's kind of an, an indictment on on your passing game and Baker Mayfield. Like that's that's obviously not working well, and, and because for whatever reason, you know, and all the all the reasons. But um, so like, I mean, he carried the ball seventeen times in the game yesterday. He had one hundred twenty seven yards. Like you couldn't have asked really for a better performance. You want to give him thirty carries, but like you're down by multiple scores in the game. You 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 can't just keep running the ball. But when he did, it was effective. But the problem is, is that, like, you just don't – like, he still averaged – so yesterday in the game, he averaged 7.5 yards per attempt, which obviously every time you run it at running at that clip and Baker's averaging, you know, 5.4 yards per attempt, obviously running the game ball was more effective yesterday. But on the season, Baker's above 7 yards per attempt. As last I checked, Nick Chubb isn't averaging 7 yards per attempt every single carry. So, like, even when you – you're, you're playing poorly in the past game. It's still more valuable because it's getting you down the field at a better clip. Uh, the problem is, is that like, there's just no consistency to anything in the, in this offense and you have to be able to pass the ball. And, and Chubb has been, was fantastic. But the problem is, is the running game, just, like the value of a running back is so low that like, even a guy like Nick Chubb barely cracks, doesn't even crack a win, like in terms of over replacement. That's how it, how it is. It's just it, the value of the positions is not that great. And and look, and you look at it, and this was where this is a total win for John Dorsey because, you know, there were those hammerheads who, oh, it takes a Quan Barkley at one, whatever quarterback at four. Um, meanwhile, you go to get Nick where you get him, and, you know, you're basically getting the same guy, maybe, if not better. Um, more coming here with PFF's John Costco, Jeff Lloyd. Uh, guys, Zabo Apparel is going to let me give away some t-shirts. So here's what we're going to do. The Spotify wrapped. Um, go ahead, tag me in it, tag the show in it. Let me see some, you know, the minutes you've spent here. Uh, I've seen some high numbers to this point. Uh, let me see some extremely high numbers. We'll give away some of Zabo Apparel's, uh, you know, t-shirts or whatever, uh, make for nice Christmas gifts. So you just want to keep it for yourself. I don't blame you on that one. But uh, go ahead and uh, check out. Give me those Spotify wraps. We get you some uh, hookup over at Zabo Apparel. Appreciate you all. And it's, you know, always nice to do something this time of the year. John, this Twitter war waged on forever yesterday. So you're going to take us through a certain play yesterday. Um, look, the one thing about whether it's you, whether it's me, whether it's Pete Smith, whether it's Brent Sobel, all these guys who put it all this time covering this team. We all agree. One, there's few points where we all agree on a player. We're okay with Joe Schober. We're really okay with him. Take us through this play where Greedy Williams and it was great that Greedy led the team in tackles yesterday. So it was really nice that he was giving up the five yard cushion all the time and got all those tackles. Um, so you know, 
way to pad those tackle stats in that respect. Uh, soft coverage on a slant. Demetrius Bird catches it. Joe's coming over the top. Sheldrick Redwine comes in. And the next thing you know, Demetrius Bird is another 30 yards on the field. Yeah, so, um, I mean, both Redwine and Schobert missed tackles here. So, like, you, some people might say, oh, Redwine knocked Schobert off the tackle. But <clears throat> some people... We, Thing is, the thing is, just if you watch it, <laughs> if you watch it, he's spinning out of the tackle of Schobert. Just Schobert's swinging off the tackle and losing that tackle before Redwine makes the hit. And Redwine doesn't even make contact with Schobert. He makes contact with with Bird. Uh, so they both miss the tackle. Like Schobert can still hang on to him even with with Redwine being there. So they both get a missed tackle and and you know big downgrades for missing tackles. Greedy Williams. Um, like his coverage was, was not great, but it wasn't terrible. And he gets a small downgrade there for, but he, cause he's also in position to make the tackle, but he still gets a downgrade. Um, but yeah, those like, like we, when, when a player is, if, if, if Schobert had been like wrapped up with him and Redwine came in there and basically knocked into Schobert or in between both of them and knocking Schobert off of it, we wouldn't be charging Schobert for, for a missed tackle there and, and would be charging that for, for Redwine. But in this in this situation, uh, that didn't happen. Schobert was already falling off the tackle, like as as like simultaneously as Redwine got there, and there so they're both bad. Uh, so double double missed tackle there. Um, but yeah, I mean, like on a whole, like I like we all agree, we all like Joe Schobert as a player. Um, you know, and his one one weakness essentially are missed tackles for whatever reason that he he fails to to bring in. Uh, players on a consistent basis like that but um he's he's definitely a guy that we all we all do like though uh i hope you all are enjoying john costco's last appearance on <laughs> um the way i see it john and this is the kind of way i see it is and, and yeah he was kind of falling off him, but we're talking about demetrius bird who you know maybe weighs 175 pounds soaking wet with you know a cinder block in each pocket it almost seemed like red wine knocked him still like that you know Maybe Joe was falling off, and we're not talking about it was, you know, mono mono weight-wise. So, for me, it kind of looked like there was still the possibility Bird would have went down. It kind of seemed like Redwine kind of went in him, and this is what happens when you don't rap. And you made the point of, you know, Redwine hit Bird, not essentially Joe, is if you don't rap. But it just came kind of like he, you know, if he's standing this way and, you know, he tur- just he kind of killed any momentum. Who knows? Uh, you know, you guys have been doing this for a long time. That's the way I see it. Um we also have the we also have the benefit of watching it from Mall Twenty Two, which you guys haven't yet. Well, yeah, we'll see how it happens. That NFL Game Pass, appreciate that <laughs> ten times over. Um, you know, maybe I'll get that by crossover Wednesday. Um, now, uh, John, take us through the rest of it. I mean, it defensively and look, you know, and you know, we had talked about this. It's we had talked about this last week. We were talking about the Cardinals, and you know, you said, look, this game, it's it's definitely tricky. And the one thing I've said is is you need discipline to play for everything that the Cardinals can bring. And this is because the Cardinals are not who they want to be yet. Cliff Kingsbury, look, he doesn't want to make his living running the ball. We all kind of know that. It's nice that they can do it, but it's a lot of misdirections. And it's, guess what? Anybody on this field right now could be a potential ball carrier. So that's discipline. Stick to assignment, guys. When you're not playing second, third stringers, guys that have been here for three weeks, and it's not like you traded for them. It, you know, stealing guys off a of practice squad. Yeah, it's a great move. It doesn't tell me that they're the fantastic players. 
this is where the work of cohesion and the fact that, you know, I got this, you got that, you got that. And, you know, the other guy, well, I don't know what I got, you know, but okay, well, here's coming. So, and there were just so many where, you know, and even the Kyler runs, it was like, you know, you could kind of see him developing, but, you know, the guy already had his back to it because he committed to the fake. Was there anything promising from any of these defensive players? Um, Taki Taki had a 71.6 on four snaps, which means nothing. Um, oh, so that's nine in two weeks. So by all means, let's not sign Joe Schobert after we've had our third round pick play nine snaps in two weeks. Go ahead. What I don't understand is why he's not playing more. Um, why would you know, he be playing more yesterday? I mean, look, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, I love the guy to death, but he's not going to kill you. These other receivers, they're not going to kill you. You know, have some linebackers spread them out where, guess what? You know, all right, I've got this middle. You've got that outside. You've got that outside. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I just, I don't, I mean, you're going to have a game plan, whatever. But, like, you're playing guys like, and I get it, like, you're 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 weak on the defensive line. You're playing guys that were on practice squads of other teams, you know, now, you know, just a couple weeks ago, and you're playing them. Whereas, you know, Taki Taki's been on your team all year long and you're he's getting you know four snaps four snaps last week you know all that this nothing essentially in terms of on defense um i don't i don't get it like you he hasn't he has yet to be a, a liability out there he's played excellent as so far this year um is 76.4 grade yes it's on 60 snaps but that's still good football he hasn't missed a tackle he's missed one tackle on special teams on like 230 some odd snaps so even on special teams, he's not missing tackles. When he's out there on defense, he's not missing tackles. Uh, I would just like to see him get more playing time. But, like, you look at the the rest of the team, like like TJ Carey was bad. Justin Burris was bad. Ward was bad. You saw these, you know, obviously Ward got juked out of his socks on on one of the runs. Porter Gustin, he, well, that he was, was the not. Thing. Was, was that the, I think that was the tackle that Gustin had. And they're like, you know, and the announcers, Gustin made a great play. Um, can we talk about the fact that Denzel Ward olayed it? <laughs> I mean, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's if you're making a tackle, great. And if it's five, you know, 15 yards downfield, it's what, what kind of benefit does that have for the defense? Not really much. You know, Chad Thomas is obviously still just not uh, ineffective. He didn't have his splash play this week. He only, had, you know, he had two hurries, um, but you know, nothing else. No tackles, nothing. No, he had two tackles. Never mind. But still. Like whatever, um, you know, Brian Cox Jr. Well, not bad, not a bad performance, I suppose. He didn't didn't have a missed tackle. It was a sixty eight point one grade, uh, zero pressures though. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi, he missed uh, two tackles, uh, had had four hurries. But I, I mean, when you're putting in all these guys that have all you know coming off practice squads that really should be getting like two snaps a game at most, and they're getting like Brian Cox. 37 snaps, Eli Anku, 18 snaps. It's never going to turn out right. You know, losing Miles Garrett is a huge thing. And then also on top of that, losing uh, Olivier Vernon because of his injury, that's another huge loss. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's awful for this defense and they're, they're struggling with that. And it makes everything, you know, just kind of has a domino effect that the guy can just sit back there and especially the guy like Kyler Murray can just dance around and wait and wait and then scramble and, get his yards and just find the open receivers. And like Kyler Murray is, a, is an excellent athlete who was great, a great arm and really good accuracy. So if you give him time, he's going to find the players downfield. 
Yeah, I mean, and even he got bailed out where, you know, my thinking is, I I don't think he saw Mac Wilson. So he was just trying to throw that ball to, hey, because Mac Wilson was literally right behind another defender. His thinking was, I'm just going to clear this defender. I don't care, you know, I'm just going to get this completion, which would have been a nice play. I mean, you're talking probably would have been a 15 to 20 yard game. I don't think he ever saw Mac Wilson. Again, any, any improvement from Mac? Well, Mac Wilson was has based on that one play. He had three stops, but the interception was an excellent play by him. He had a ninety point three uh, coverage grade, so his defense uh, overall grade was a ninety point four, and he didn't. So he didn't miss any t- uh, uh, any tackles. He had six tackles, two assists, three stops. Um, obviously, the interception, uh, decent work in a run game. Uh, he didn't get any pressure on three snaps, but I mean that's an excellent grade, and you know buoyed by having you know having some good uh, you know coverage snaps stops, and then that 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 uh, interception. So he was good in this game, but it's like it's it's based on you know a lot of it's boosted by the one play. You know, you look at the rest of the year. Obviously, he had ninety point four in this game, the first game of the year on eleven snaps. He was a seventy six point seven. He hadn't been above 65.2 the rest of the year. So it's not like he's been great this year. And so like it's one game like a like we had talked about with like Whitehead who had, who had sucked his entire career. And then all of a sudden he had a big monster grade because he had made some plays in, in, in the past game. Uh, same thing with Chad Thomas. He sucks all year, has one good, you know, a few good plays or whatever, and it boosts his grade. That's the thing about the grade, especially if you make it in coverage and you're not a a guy that's, uh, you know, like a, if you're a linebacker or whatever that, and you make a couple plays in coverage, it's going to boost your grade like that. So, um, I mean, great. He had a good game. You want to see that more consistently, and you haven't seen that from him yet. Well, and, and the thing, and the interesting thing is, it, with Matt grading well here is, you know, look what was run against him. It's, you know, it's very similar to what college teams are doing. This is kind of what Mac has been used to. Not everybody's doing what Baltimore is doing. Not everybody is doing what Arizona's doing. So it was a little familiarity, but look, a good step up for him. And for those, you know, where, where, look, the blame can't always be on Freddie. We just talked about two third round picks. One's played eight snaps in two weeks. The other one still ain't doing anything and nothing. So, you know, why is this team shorthanded on defense? Look at some of the players that are here. Either A, they're not playing, or B, they're playing, and they're not contributing much whatsoever. You also want to talk about, like, continuity, and I don't know. I'm completely off, going off topic here, but you know, you've got you've got two players from the pre-Sashi Brown era on the team. And that's Kirksey. Obviously, he's not even playing at all, and uh, I, I forgot who the other person is. But doesn't matter because uh, there's only two players. And then the Sashi era, you've got Miles Garrett, you've got Ogun Joby, you've got Njoku, uh, you've got Schobert, and you've got Higgins. Everybody else has, has been brought in by John Dorsey. So you've got basically the, the whole no, nucleus of this team that has only been on the team for two years or less. Uh, that's not continuity. You look at the rest of the best teams in the NFL, they, those guys have been on those teams for, you know, multiple years, multiple contracts. Uh, and then obviously you, you replenish it with just drafting players and you, you supplement it with the, you know, bringing them from outside and free agency and stuff. So it's, it's, it's uh you know continuity right it's another thing that this team lacks uh it lacks it from the from the coaching staff and it lacks it in the roster uh and and the other thing is is you know just 
Petonio. Petonio is the other one. There we go. There we go. Well, nobody's going to complain about that one. No, uh, of course not. Not whatsoever. Uh, we got one more. We got to slip in here. We'll talk a little Baltimore. Get John's thoughts here and you know where the regular season is going for everybody else. Sadly, if you were looking for a last-minute uh, fan sports gift for the holidays, go to go to breaking.com slash locked on. Breaking team makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to breaking.com slash locked on, and then feel free to search the site for the great shirts and fun sports gifts. Uh, Breaking is a new sponsor this week. We appreciate them. For being along for the ride, promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. John, Ravens are coming to town. It's it's not even a question of who they are anymore. I think it's a question of how far they're going to go. I mean, they have a they're on track, obviously, to get the number one overall seed, um, and having that is a huge advantage in the playoffs. Uh, they're You've seen them this year. Their their only loss this year at home is to the Browns, uh, which if you remember, uh, I talked about how that game was kind of a fluke that the Browns even won it, mainly because like you had the, I can't remember who it was, but caught the pass. He was wide open down the sideline, but he stepped out of bounds instead of keeping his feet inbounds. Maybe it was like uh, wide receiver four or five. It wasn't one of the main Chris, players. Chris Moore, yeah. maybe. It could have been Chris yeah. Moore or Willie Sneed, one of those guys. Um, he, you know, that would have been a touchdown. Marquise Brown dropped a couple passes. That would have been touchdowns. Um, you know, Andrews, the ball. there was a fourth down play where Andrews and Lamar didn't connect and the ball ended up on the sideline. Yep. yep. Mis- miscommunication. Um, you know, they had a, what is it? Mark Ingram had a fumble that, yeah, great play by, by Joe Schobert to strip it. Uh, but it's, it's still kind of a lucky like, to, you know, Recovering fumbles is are, is a luck. Is basically luck. There was a Devereaux Lawrence interception. That's all I think. You right. That's probably batted, all we need to go with. Batted pass for that, and and that's so like like that's the thing is like there's a lot of things that that swung the Browns' way um, in that game, and obviously you look at these two teams, and clearly the Ravens are the better team, especially after since that game they've been on a tear. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson's this thrust himself into the MVP conversation. We still think at PFF that it's Russell Wilson that should be the MVP. Um, and we can talk about that later if you want. But I mean, Lamar Jackson is especially now that this team has so many injuries and, you know, you've, you don't have Miles Garrett and um, all, all that. I mean, like, they, they're going to bring you with the Cardinals. I mean, they're going to be the Cardinals, but on steroids. Right. So, I mean, you know, and, and it's the same issue. It's, you know, reserve players, A, don't have enough athletic ability, and B, there's not enough cohesion, and there's just not enough freaking talent. So, I mean, you know, and especially with the, the state of affairs with this locker room and everything, I mean, this is a recipe for freaking disaster. Yeah, it pretty much is. And unless somehow um, Freddie is able to rally this team in some way or – if Baker Mayfield or some one of the team leaders are able to, to rally this team to, to kind of to get them to play together instead of to quit on the team. Cause it, that would be the way, but we'll, we'll find out pretty soon how, how, you know, if they're, if they're going to play uh, tough or, or they're going to mail it in early on. And obviously you don't want to see them to mail it in 
you want to see a competitive game, especially with it being a last home game and, and whatnot. And I think that might be, you know, one of the things that might get them to, to play tough, you know, a guy like Nick Chubb will always play tough, but to try to get him to make sure that he gets a rushing title. And he obviously leads the NFL in, in rushing yards this year. That's something to hang your hat on, especially as an offensive line, as an offensive unit that you had the, you know, the rushing leader. I know that like, it doesn't matter in terms of the win loss column, but it's, you know, it's, it's a significant thing. And for the players, uh, you know, individual players and whatnot. So uh, you know, the the Ravens, they're going to get the one seed and they have a very good shot at, at winning the Super Bowl. That's how good they are. And that's they've made a lot of they make a lot of the right moves, you know, from the from a personnel standpoint, from a decision making standpoint of when to go for it on fourth down and when to punt it, when not when when to kick the field goal, when to, to go for it on in those situations. Um, and then, you know, they're a heavy run team, but like that's their strength of their team. And they actually do it. They do it well. And. They got everything that clicks, you know, cohesion with them. So um, this is a team that, you know, could very well be representing the AFC in, in the Super Bowl this year. I think what it is, is they've done a fantastic job. And like, we all sat here and wondered, like, what the hell is the plan with all these tight ends? And what it is, is to give you a very, very run heavy look. But look, we're gonna be able to throw out of this. And I think they've done a fantastic job with that. Um, and I hate having to prompt them up but you know that's just where it's at but you know look they they have an absolute plan of like when they acquire players and when they it's refreshing to see that and you go out and you get a peters and a pet go for your defense when you realize what is missing from it go ahead yeah no exactly i mean it's just you 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 realize hey this is our system this is our culture we know what we can add and, and subtract from it and what we want to accomplish and what you know, from an offensive standpoint, what our identity is, what we want to accomplish from a defensive standpoint, the same way. And so they build their team and their their roster and make decisions based on that. And they're able to do that because they, I mean, obviously the, um, Harbaugh's been there for forever, but the front office has been there for, you know, what is it, DaCosta, that's the, the new GM. But he's, I mean, basically just stepped right into the role that Ozzy left. It's, I mean, they, they, they make these decisions because they have a plan and they stick to it and they know where, where they are weak and what things can change, you know, what they need to add and what they need to subtract and whatnot. And, you know, adding a Marcus Peters in the middle of the season, you know, they they understand that, hey, coverage wins in, in the NFL. That's what you have to be good at. And so they build it from the back end forward. You know, they have that, that great secondary. You brought in Earl Thomas, you know, in the offseason. They're able to to do a lot of different things with their secondary, they let pass rushers go. Uh, you know, CJ Mosley is a good, good linebacker. Let him go. It's Ter- Terrell Suggs. They finally let him go. He still was very productive pass rusher last year for them. And they understand what, what works for them. They like their pass rushing as a team. And in terms of grade is actually one of the worst in the NFL, but they have a top 10, pressure rate because they know how to generate pressure because a they can lock it down on the back end and then they 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 are the heaviest blitz team in the nfl to create that pressure because their their secondary is that good to be able to make you hold the ball longer and it's they do everything with a purpose you know they they're not just going out there obviously they make mistakes every team does you know i mean they even heck it's not like they they knew lamar jackson was going to be this good this quickly otherwise they wouldn't have drafted hayden hurst over him so they but they understood hey this is the potential with this player he's still here on the board let's we we, we've been trying it one way 
let's try it a different way and let's see how it works. And they had a plan in place to make it work for that player. Well, and the thing is, is it is they make decisions for the week and they also make decisions for this current season. They also make decisions for next year. I mean, they, they view it all and they do it all. And that's, that's the refreshing part about this. You wanted now. All right. Cause this is probably going, you know, in PFF, this always happens, whether it's mock drafts or draft prospects, why would it be Russell Wilson as the MVP as opposed to Lamar Jackson? So, because all right, so we've already talked about how good this Ravens team is, because they have they have the best offensive line in football. They have they have one of the best tight ends in football. They have one of the best defenses in football with a secondary that's excellent. Um, their only weakness on the on the you know on the defense part is is their pass rush, which they are able to manufacture that that pressure, which you know kind of doesn't defeats the purpose of needing to have a great you know great one on one guys or whatever. Um, whereas Russell Wilson, he has one of the worst offensive lines in football. He has a receiving unit that really underperforms. Um, Tyler Lockett's been injured as of late. DK Metcalf is still is a rookie. He's, is as good as he is, but uh, you know they lost their top tight end and Will Disley. The you know, and they're a heavy run team that does like a lot of different things to make it harder on on Russell Wilson. Where they they'll go run run, and then he's like, all right, bail us out on third down, please. Whereas, like, and for the Ravens, they're constantly making the right moves. They're always going for it on fourth down, like I said. Where So, like, Russell Wilson's grading out as the top quarterback in the NFL, and, and especially as a passer. And so what goes into our wins above replacement metric are, takes into consideration where, A, where you're good at and what, how, what you can elevate your team to. And the Seahawks, without Russell Wilson, are a bottom 10 team and with him are a top 10 team and actually have him in the, in the first place consideration for the, the NFC right now. Whereas like with Lamar Jackson, yeah, I mean, obviously they would not be as good without Lamar Jackson. Don't get me wrong there, but what, what Russell Wilson adds to that Seahawks team is, is further beyond what uh, Lamar has done just based on a various, lots of different math metrics that we that goes into it. And he's also the fact that like Russell Wilson's grading out higher on a throw throw basis. Russell Wilson's making, you know, he's more accurate. He's he's consistently having to make better throws than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson gets the clean pockets all the time. He gets wide open wide receivers all the time. Whereas Russell Wilson's not really getting that. He's having to make the make a lot more for himself. So those are kind of some of the reasons. But I mean, like obviously like Lamar Jackson's still been like fantastic. It's like you're nitpicking at this point. Let's be honest though. Um who do you Throw your PFF gig out of the out the window. Do you think Russell Wilson actually gets the MVP, or is it Lamar Jackson's award? No, probably probably when Lamar Jackson wins it. Like he's probably going to win it. Like last year, I it's thought it's just a thing of like being hot, like that type of thing, and new. Right, and like the thing is, like like Russell Wilson's never won the MVP, but he's completely deserving of it on on a number of years too, because um, he's just that good. I mean, he he is incredible, but like they hamstring him so much because of their system and what they do. Um, and then their personnel, but you know, obviously I think Lamar Jackson's end up going to end up winning it. But like, I think Russell Wilson deserves it. Like you, I mean, anybody that watches him play, like you can, yeah, he's, he's lost a couple games, um, you know, but like he has to bail out that team. Like there's a, the, what is it, the Sunday night game the other day where it was last week 
like he was phenomenal and these guys were just dropping passes left and right. It was, it was sick. Like he was making these, these just bomb throws and I'll oh, just drop it for you instead. <laughs> guys, it's always a pleasure sitting down here with John um, as we do our PFF shows. He is John Costco. Make sure you follow him at John Costco three. You know, all the work over at PFF. If you're not a subscriber, I suggest you do. Uh, it helps you watch and it helps you kind of learn. It's a nice blend. Makes you just a smarter, smarter fan. The Locked On Browns Twitter account, always a follow back account. You know, that DMs are always open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there. Uh, stop yelling at me about things. I don't care. And for those who blocked me yesterday, I'm going to defend my guys. It's just the way it works. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dogtown. LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns.